Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good morning. It's 830. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a committee in the Mississippi legislature has reversed its decision to conceal a contract with an education advisory company. We'll take a conversation, we'll have a conversation with Attorney General Jim Hood on the subject. When we read the law, it was pretty clear. I mean, you know, what the, that the legislature didn't accept themselves from that particular aspect of the law. So, uh, you know, just because they have a rule by a committee, that does not uh, supersede uh, the state statute. Then, in a sharply divided political climate, how do you keep politics away from the Thanksgiving table and keeping safe on one of the busiest travel weekends of the year? That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi's legislators have reversed course and now say the legislature cannot keep its contracts from public view, despite a committee's earlier vote to keep them secret. The House Management Committee last week approved a policy that would hide contracts from the public eye. This focused specifically on the contract with Ed Build, the New Jersey company legislators hired to make recommendations on Mississippi's funding formula for education. We spoke with Attorney General Jim Hood, who issued an opinion earlier in the week saying the state's Transparency Act doesn't allow such secrecy. I'm not sure what the legislature, you know, intended to do, but you know, they have taken the position in the past that, that uh, their contracts are not uh, subject to, to the Open Records Act. However, when we actually looked at what the law said, um, the legislature wrote it, and we just interpreted what they said. But what they said was, we're, you know, the legislature is not subject generally to the Open Records Act. However, uh, the, the, this it, it cites the code sections to another act, um, which uh, is is the Transparency Act, and that's where we are required to post all state contracts uh, on a website and operated by the Department of Finance Administration. And so when we read the law, it was pretty clear. I mean, you know, that the the legislature didn't accept themselves from that particular aspect of the law. So, uh, you know, just because they have a rule by a committee, that does not uh, uh, supersede uh, the state uh, statute. General, when you look at something like this, do you take it upon yourself to look, or do people come to you and say, hey, we think this is not on the up and up, or we have questions about this? Yeah, the media was doing its job. The media was looking out for the for the taxpayers, for the people. Uh, and uh, when I began to, you know, read and hear about these uh, issues, then uh, I asked our lawyers to take a look at it. And I got some wise lawyers in our office. I got to give them credit. They just actually look at the law. You know, sometimes that that helps just to read what the law says. And uh, when we did, we found that, uh, uh, you know, that the legislature had to disclose this. And I, I was surprised, actually. I, I would have thought somewhere in our Constitution it would have said that the people have a right to know where how their money's spent and have access to these things. But it's not there. And, in fact... It should be. You know, I think we ought to, ought to have it in our Constitution that any, you know, 
actions, any meeting of the legislature, you know, they have these conference committees that decide, you know, it's about six six people um, who sit in a room and decide, you know, what our budgets will be. And those people, the people are kept out of that very room where those decisions are made. And, you know, the, the, so it's open meetings as well as open records uh, that, that the people have a right to know, you know, about their business. So I'm glad the legislature uh, uh, quickly, uh, after I sent the letter yesterday, uh, those committee chairmen, uh, sent out a notice that they were going to, in fact, go ahead and post uh, that particular contract. They also, in their letter that they sent out or response, uh, cited their legal counsel. Not you as making a decision, but their legal counsel. So my question is, does the legis- legislature have its own legal counsel in-house? They do. You know, they have they have lawyers over there, some very good lawyers. I've worked with them for 25 years since I was assistant AG. You know, I don't know if the committees, you know, looked at the statute, uh, but our lawyers just at first first glance, you know, realized that the, the legislature had not accepted itself from that aspect of the Transparency Act. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Attorney General Jim Hood. In other news, a federal judge is ordering both sides of the decades-old Cleveland school desegregation case to negotiate a new proposal from the school district. The plan splits high school students between the traditional white and black schools in the now-majority black school district. MPB's Mark Rigsby reports. In her latest order, U.S. District Judge Deborah Brown calls for the parties to start talking about finding common ground in the Cleveland School District's new plan to desegregate. Cleveland resident Claude Bodie favors the judge's previous order. We've been working on this 62 years, and that's all they've been doing, proposed the proposals. Her order was to consolidate the two high schools and the two middle schools, and that's what I'm going with. The new proposal puts 6th, 7th, and 8th graders at Margaret Green Junior High and 11th and 12th graders at Cleveland High School. Both schools are on the traditional white side of town, while 9th and 10th graders would attend Eastside High on the traditional black side of town. Jamie Jacks is the attorney for the Cleveland School Board. The district presented the plan because it heard from constituents and uh, talked to uh, stakeholders about the issues that are presented in this case and felt like the latest plan was was something that maybe everyone could find some common ground on and we can all move forward. The original school desegregation lawsuit has been tied up in court for more than 50 years. During that time, the case has been through several federal judges. Attendance zones and magnet programs were created to work towards racial integration and equality in the classroom. If a settlement is not reached, objections to the new plan must be filed by the end of January 2017. Mark Rigsby, MPB News. Up next, in a sharply divided political climate, how do you keep politics away from the Thanksgiving table? This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Peter O'Dowd. Republicans did more than sweep national elections. They rose to power at many state capitals. But governing won't be easy. Lawmakers are always excited when there is a one-party control or certainly a path that they can see to set priorities. But unlike Congress, states have a balanced budget requirement. Next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. 
MPB Think Radio loves to help with lots of subjects, but between 9 and 10 on Wednesday mornings, we focus on your nest. On Fix It 101, we want to help you make your place safer, quieter, drier, brighter, bigger, cooler, cozier, or the opposite of any of those things, depending on your preference. The pros are Del Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. I'm the amateur and host, Jason Klein. So go ahead and ask away. Fix It 101 is Wednesdays at 9 on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio. MPB Radio's local programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say, in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now. Support for MPB comes from the Christmas by Candlelight Tour, December 2nd, with holiday decorations and entertainment at six historic Jackson sites, starting at the Mississippi State Capitol. Complimentary transportation between sites available. Details at mdah.ms.gov. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy on the go with the My Blue mobile app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. More information at bcbsms.com. It's good to be blue. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Many Mississippians have already prepped their turkey and baked their pies for the upcoming Thanksgiving feast, but the holiday dinner table could be a less than peaceful place in today's divided political climate. So how do you bring together a family with differing views for a pleasant celebration? We spoke with Susan Buttress, head of the Division of Child Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. She also hosts Southern Remedy, relatively speaking, here on MPB. Dr. Buttress says staying positive and focusing on the spirit of the holiday will go a long way. One of the first things I would recommend is to try to keep everything in, in the positive manner, to take the high road, to remind everybody that uh, this is togetherness. This is not a time to solve the world's problems. It's not a time to try to convince others of your views. And it's certainly not a time to um, have disdain for individuals who don't think like you do. So just because you're part of the family doesn't mean that you all have to be like thinking and like acting. And so that goes um, in the same vein for for any kind of discussion. But now I just want to interject that this election year is particularly or has been particularly divisive. Absolutely. Half the country has gone for Donald Trump. Half the country went for Hillary Clinton. This country is in turmoil right now. And surely some of that has to come to the dinner table. I mean, it hasn't kept people all election season from giving their opinion, knowing they're not going to change anybody's mind, but thinking that it should change somebody's mind. You are absolutely (laughs) right. And it will come to the dinner table if you allow it to. So the the ground rules, certainly um, my family's not on all the same page. So at the at the dinner table, when you start gathering individuals from all over the country with all different opinions or maybe in the same town with differing opinions, you really should set ground rules. So my advice would be not to discuss 
it at all. I think. Um, and to say that to your guests, we're not going to talk I about think, this the, today. I think because it has been so heated and people on both sides feel so passionately about their opinion and why they feel the way they do, that this year, I would highly encourage everyone at these dinner tables when we're supposed to be festive and happy, like you said, and enjoying each other's company to try to lay that at the door. Leave it alone. Maybe um, have a menu board at the door when they come in. <laughs> these topics are off limit today. <laughs> Absolutely. I think having having that rule set on entry or if you want to send a group email out or a group text out and say, because we want to keep everyone in a positive direction and we know we have differing opinions and we know that you feel strongly about your opinion, can we please leave that, drop it like you would drop your cell phone in a box at the door, which is another good suggestion, by the way, um, at a dinner table to leave it um, in your bag, in your purse, or in a box, in the car, um, and leave those same political opinions in the same place. Uh, You'll have a lot happier family. Um, Everyone can go away smiling. And my suggestion is the person at the table who can't leave it alone, that everyone um, be encouraged to look at them, say thank you for your opinion, and then leave it alone. And then send them to the kids' table. (laughs) Send them to the kids' table. Good suggestion. (laughs) Are there other topics that should be on that list that you should leave at the door? I'm certain there are. There there are many topics out there that some families have more difficulty with than others. It may be around racial issues. It may be around religious issues. Or it may just be um, pertaining to a particular family member who maybe is estranged or um, a past history of some incident. Again, I think at a, a holiday celebration gathering, it's not a time to discuss those high-intensity, um, highly opinionated topics where you know everyone isn't on the same page. So if you know that there are some significant differing opinions going on within the family, which many times there are, try to stay away from those topics. There's no point in having unhappiness at the table or bringing up something negative that that might make someone feel lesser than they should. This is not a time for that. What do you suggest if there's a family member or friend coming that you know tends to drink too much and they may have a drinking problem? Should you as a host or hostess uh, decline to serve alcohol because of that person or are you leaving other people out of what could be an enjoyable experience? That's a really good question, and that comes up a lot, I believe, in many families when they have um, an individual who is an alcoholic, who is in recovery. Um, Should you tempt them with that? Or if you have someone who you know has an alcohol problem and is not in recovery and is continuing to abuse it, how do you deal with that? So there there are a couple of things you can do. 
One, you can uh, limit the amount that is out there. So if you want to serve a glass of wine at the table, serve a glass of wine at the table and limit it to that. Um, Or have um, a limited amount out if you're letting individuals serve themselves. If there is an individual who is in recovery, um, it depends on where they are in their recovery. Most individuals know that if they are still teetering and having difficulty, they should stay away um, from a large gathering that for sure is serving alcohol. I think that those situations are really fairly individualized and depend on the family. If there is a family member, if you've had alcohol out and you have a family member who clearly is imbibing too much, you feel like that they've had that third or fourth drink and you've got to cut it off, do. It's okay. Um, And yes, I think it is our responsibility as hosts to uh, let someone know that they now may not drive if they um, have had more than you think they should have. And in fact, we know that really if you are driving during the holidays, you should totally abstain, um, which is a hard thing to do uh, for, for many individuals because a lot of people serve alcohol at the dinner table. So if you do, my uh, suggestion is to make sure that then you serve dessert and then you serve coffee and there are a couple of hours uh, before anybody gets on the road to make sure that individuals are safe. But the safest thing to do is to obviously not drink and drive. Dr. Susan Buttress, thank you so much. Thank you. Up next, keeping safe on one of the busiest travel weekends of the year. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The election is over, and the nation has a new president, Donald Trump, and a new chapter in history has begun. We don't know what lies ahead, but NPR will keep bringing you the best coverage from coast to coast to help you make sense of it all. So listen every day. MPB Think Radio loves to help with lots of subjects, but between 9 and 10 on Wednesday mornings, we focus on your nest. On Fix It 101, we want to help you make your place safer, quieter, drier, brighter, bigger, cooler, cozier, or the opposite of any of those things, depending on your preference. The pros are Del Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. I'm the amateur and host, Jason Klein. So go ahead and ask away. Fix It 101 is Wednesdays at 9 on MPB Think Radio. Hey, y'all, I'm Felder Rushing. Ain't it a great day? Now, my truck stands out around town. A garden in the back will do that. You can make your car truck stand out with the new MPB Car Tag. MPB Car Tag. It's a great way to show your support for MPB. Visit mpbonline.org and sign up for yours today. Woohoo! I'm Peter O'Dowd. Republicans did more than sweep national elections. They rose to power at many state capitals. But governing won't be easy. Lawmakers are always excited when there is a one-party control or certainly a path that they can see to set priorities. But unlike Congress, states have a balanced budget requirement. Next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
Thousands of Mississippians are hitting the road this holiday week, joining the nearly 43 million Americans who will travel for Thanksgiving. With several major highways crisscrossing the state and the large influx of vehicles on the road, the Mississippi Highway Patrol will also be stepping up its presence. Last Thanksgiving, the Highway Patrol investigated MHP or investigated 221 crashes and four fatalities. Captain Johnny Polis is with the Mississippi Highway Patrol. He tells MPB's Paul Boger officers will use checkpoints throughout the state to ensure safe driving this holiday weekend. We're anticipating a large amount of traffic on interstate and highway systems in Mississippi. Uh, our plan is to, high, is to provide high visibility. We're going to have all hands on deck. We're going to have all available manpower out there and just trying to ensure safe travel. Now, Highway Patrol is doing something a little bit different this year, uh, doing the line-to-line safety uh, check, right? That's correct. The line-to-line safety initiative uh, is, is being implemented by the Public Affairs Division of the Highway Patrol. And we're going to be out on I-55 Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. We're working uh, in conjunction with other divisions of the Highway Patrol, the Motor Carrier Division, uh, the Motorcycle Team. And, and our mission is to go out and provide you know, the enforcement aspect, but it's not about writing citations. We want to go out and let families know that are going to be traveling down I-55 that law enforcement is out there. The Mississippi Highway Patrol will be out there here, here again to ensure safe travel. In Mississippi Highway Patrol, enforcement period will begin at 6 p.m. Wednesday, November 23rd, and it will run through the weekend, and it will conclude at midnight on Sunday, November 27th. Now, what are some of the things going to be looking for while you're out there? Well, the main thing we want we want everyone traveling this weekend to understand is, number one, your chances of surviving a car crash increase dramatically when a seatbelt is worn. So we're, we're asking everyone to make sure that everyone in the vehicle is buckled up. As far as defensive driving, please put defensive driving in your safety habits, your driving habits. Uh, we're going to have the checkpoints established. I know everyone you know, the dreaded checkpoints, but we use that as a tool in law enforcement, not only to check and to make sure we have no impaired drivers on the road, but to make sure child restraint seats are properly installed, uh, to make sure everyone is driving with a driver's license, and we also check insurance information. Uh, here again, this is one of the tools that we use to ensure safe travel. You mentioned that today uh, everybody will be on the Interstate 55. Does that mean I-20 is a free-for-all? No, that's we will have the Mississippi Highway Patrol will will be in place on all interstate and all highway systems. The Public Affairs Division, there are ten troopers, you know, that are assigned to each district in the state. Mm-hmm. We will be out on I fifty five along with the Motor Carrier Division, better state troopers, the Motorcycle Division, better state troopers, and we're going to cover I fifty five from the Tennessee line to the Louisiana line. And the reason we're we're doing that on I-55, that interstate system has a lot of traffic uh, that we monitor in the beginning of a holiday period and the end of the holiday period. But we also want people to know that we will still have coverage on every highway and all interstate systems in Mississippi with the manpower that we have. I think everyone knows, along with a lot of other law enforcement agencies, the Mississippi Highway Patrol is very short-handed right now. So, But we will have all available manpower on 
all roadways and interstate systems in Mississippi. And you'll be working with local law enforcement as well, right? That's correct, hand in hand. And, and, and our mission is the same. Our mission is to provide law enforcement and public safety. And, and that, that, that is our goal this holiday period. Let me ask you, is, is the Thanksgiving holiday, is that a particularly dangerous one? I think most people think of Fourth of July, Memorial Day. People are out heading to the, heading to the lake, heading to the, uh, the Gulf, maybe drinking a little bit more than they would be on, during Thanksgiving. Is this as, as dangerous as those holidays, or is this a little bit more um, of just bad traffic accidents and stuff like that? Well, it can be, and, and in recent history shows that Thanksgiving can be a deadly holiday just because of the amount of traffic. Uh, everyone knows low fuel prices uh, play a big part in decisions that are made to travel. Last year in Mississippi, uh, we investigated four fatalities. We had 221 crashes, four fatalities. You know, we we would we will we want to hope this weekend we're not going to have any fatalities. But here again, that depends on good, responsible decisions made by our motorists. MPB's Paul Boger with State Trooper Johnny Polis on the busy Thanksgiving holiday travel weekend ahead. Coming up after Mississippi Edition, it's Fix It 101, Everyday Tech, and Southern Remedy. I'm Karen Brown. I hope you have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you'll join us again next Monday morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition. It's only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Old Capitol Museum Statehood Day, Thursday, December 9th, featuring an address by the First Lady of Mississippi, Deborah Bryant, at noon, with a reception to follow. Details at oldcapitalmuseum.com or 601-576-6920. 